Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So, um, I'm going. We're, we're, we started this series last week called The Gospel, Life in Six Words. And we're talking about not just what it means to be saved, but what it means to live in light of what Jesus did for us. And before we kind of get started... Um, we talked about it in tag. You're supposed to talk about it in tag a little bit. I don't know if it happened or not. Um, but there's an app that I'm trying to get as many of you to download as I can get you to download. It's called Life in Six Words. It's kind of where I, I kind of stole his acrostic for the gospel. Um, but what I want you to do is download that app. So if you have your, you know, if you have a phone, you can get on the app store. Just search Life in Six Words, or you can like point your phone at this big, massive, obnoxious QR code, and um, you can download it that way. Um, so if, if you don't have access. To tonight, you left your device at home, or you're young and you don't really, you know, can't get internet access unless you're at home, talk to your parents, you know, download the, download the app. Um, and as you're, as you're downloading it, if, if you have your phone with you, um, I want to tell you a little story about me being separated um, from my group. I was a junior in high school, and I was on a mission trip in Chile. Anybody know where Chile is? South America, it's like the long thing, you know, down South America. And uh, I was in the city called Santiago, about two million people, and we were doing ministry in this mall. So we were actually handing out cards about Jesus to this mall. And it was one of those big malls, not like the Huntington Mall. It was like a big mall. You know, when you go to like, you know, one of those Gucci malls in like Columbus or Pittsburgh or something, you know, that has like five Starbucks on every, on every level and stuff like that. It was a big mall. I mean, full of people. And, uh, you know, we were handing out all this stuff. We all got back on the bus. And we, we were on the, you know, one of those big obnoxious buses that you know, youth groups take on mission trips around the world. And we were all on the bus, and the missionary that we were working with, named Phil, he got in his car, and the, my youth pastor forgot to ask him where we were going next, whether they were going back to our hotel or whether we were going to the missionary, Phil's house. So he asked me, he said, Matt, would you run back into the mall, find Phil, He's probably right where you know, we were working. You know, find Phil and ask him where we're supposed to go. Well, I ran into the mall, okay? And this is before I you know, knew Spanish, you know. I know a little bit of Spanish now, you know, solamente un poquito de español. But you know, before I, you know, I knew Spanish, so I, I didn't know the language. I was just walking into this massive mall, city of two million people, and was looking for this missionary. He wasn't where we left him. So I probably should have just gone back to the bus, but I'm like, I want to find this stinking guy. So I started walking around the mall, and yeah, I walked for like 20 minutes through this mall and couldn't find him. So I was like, well, you know, I need to go back to the bus and just tell him we can't find him. So I find my way in a big mall, find my way back out to where I, I went in. The bus was parked, you know, it should have been parked like right outside there. I walk out. Well, John was on that trip too. You remember the mall? Okay. And I walk out, no bus. And you, know, you ever have one of those moments where your stomach just sinks in? Yeah. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I have no phone. I don't speak the language. I don't know where our hotel is. I don't know where this missionary's house is. The only thing I know is the missionary's name. So I, yeah, I was about, I'm just, I was like thinking, do I just need to go around and start selling, saying to random people like, Philip Rogers? Philip, you know, that was the only thing I knew. And, uh, and uh, what I didn't realize was that the police had made the bus move just a little bit further down the parking lot. And I saw some, you know, one of our, you know, one of our team members running over to get me. And I was like, oh. but you're, you ever have one of those moments like when you're a little kid and you're with your mom at the grocery store and like all of a sudden it's like, where's mom? You know, there's this disconnect and you think you're going to be like, 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 you know, one, one of those, like this, you know, you're never going to see your parents again or something like that. It's this being disconnected from the one that you need to be with, the person that's like your security. That is what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about disconnected or being separated from God. 
So I want, I want to ask you a question before we get in, now that you've downloaded the app. The question is, how close are you to God tonight? Uh, we can't base it by feelings, but if you were to just take like a spiritual inventory, how close are you to God? You know, some of you came because you wanted to come. Some of you came because this is the only place you can be around friends right now. You know, some of you came because your parents made you, and that's okay, I'm glad you're here. But you know, how close are you to God tonight? We've been talking about the gospel, and we're using this, it's called an acrostic. That's just a way of saying it. It's a word picture. And G-O-S-P-E-L, what's the gospel? The gospel is life in six words. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. That's next week. Um, that paying the price for sin, Jesus died and he rose again. That everyone who trusts in him alone can have eternal life and that life with Jesus starts now and it lasts forever. So that's what we're talking about during this series. But tonight, as we talk about that disconnection, that separation, we're going to be talking about sin. Happy birthday, Jesse. We're talking about sin on your birthday. Uh, we're talking about how our sins separate us from God. And that's kind of like the big thing that we're going to understand tonight is that our sins separate us from God. If you were here last week, you know we were in Genesis 1 and 2. And remember where we left off in Genesis 1 and 2? God made the world. He made Adam. He made Eve. They were in paradise. You know, God created Adam, and then he created the perfect match for him. It wasn't match.com. It was God creating the perfect match for him. So you, there was Adam and Eve perfect soulmates created by God together in a paradise naked and God said multiply. So that's where we left off. Paradise. We're going to be in Genesis 3 tonight. So if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis 3. And it's going to be the very big word, I guess, antithesis. The very opposite of paradise. Say, Matt, don't start those big words. I don't have to go to school till next week. The very opposite of paradise. And the, the, verse, the set of verses that sum up what happened and where Adam and Eve ended up is in Genesis 3, verses 22 through 24. And here's what it says. It says, The Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man... And at the east of the garden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword, man, that's a scary sight, that turned every way to guard the tree of life. Last week, we found Adam and Eve in paradise. Tonight, we find Adam and Eve being kicked out of paradise. So the question is, what happened? How did they mess this up? <laughs> you done messed up, Aaron. You done messed up, Adam, right? How did this happen? One word, three letters, S-I-N, sin. Sin separated Adam and Eve from God. So we're gonna, we're gonna look at how exactly that happened by reading through Genesis 3. I've already marked up a little bit. We may mark up some more. Um, but Genesis 3, we're gonna do the, the kind of the... the, the the 35,000 foot flyover of Genesis 3. Here's where we find Adam and Eve. Remember, they're in paradise. And it says, now the serpent. Now that's Satan. I've got it marked up here. Yeah, that is Satan. The serpent, and there's a lot of people are, you know, questioning, was it really just a snake that Satan possessed? Or was they, are they referring to Satan as a snake? But it's Satan. The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of any tree in the garden, but God said you might not, must not eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. Or if he was a snake, you won't surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eye, and that it was desired to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, that's Adam, who was with her. Then the eyes of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. I should actually say they knew that they were naked. Yeah, in, in chapter 2, they were naked. In chapter 2, they were naked. Yeah, it's a big difference. You're naked. You're not supposed to be naked. They were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Not a really good way to cover up. Verse 8, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. Uh-oh. They, they done messed up and God's coming. And man, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Rhetorical question, right? God knew exactly where he was. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. This is Adam talking. And because I was naked, I hid myself. God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Once again, rhetorical question. God knows the answer to that. The Lord said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman, or, the, or excuse me, the man said, the woman that you gave me. So Adam's blaming Eve. She gave me the fruit to eat and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you've done? Eve passes the blame too. She says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So God goes to the serpent. He goes to Satan. He said, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat the days of your life. He's not talking about the food of the cafeteria. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We'll get back to that. To the woman, he says, so he's, he's already you know, cursed <laughs> Satan for what he did. Now he's talking to Eve, to the woman. He says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. Ouch. In pain, you'll bring forth children. I've heard that delivering a baby is almost as painful as when a man has a cold. Um, and uh, never mind. Um, and, and to Adam, he said, <laughs> and to Adam, he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I've commanded you, you shall not eat. Curses the ground because of you in pain. There's that pain again. You see, there's a, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of pain here, right? In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorn and thistles it shall bring forth you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you'll eat the bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you're taken and to dust you'll return. Verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. God fixed that fig leaf thing. Verse 21, God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them, animal skins and clothed them. And then back to our verses now. The Lord said, behold, the man's become like one of us knowing good and evil. Long story short, God drove Adam and Eve out of that garden. So we find, how did it happen? How did Adam and Eve get separated from God? S-I-N, one word, sin. So why is sin such a big deal? Well, here's some things that we're gonna learn. And some of you got the handouts, so you, you know, and that's for you crazy you know, note takers because sometimes when it's an insane amount of notes, I give those to you because you guys get really mad at me when I go too fast and I'm gonna go fast tonight because uh, I got something different planned for the end. So the first thing that we learn about sin is our sin separates us from fellowship with God. Uh, yeah, if you're like me, you're like, it's a fruit. Like I could understand if like Adam killed a person like, yeah, like, I could understand if Adam, like, you know, you know was some sort of, like, terrible person. He ate a fruit. Eve ate a fruit. What's the big deal? It's a fruit. I eat fruit all day, every day. What's 
the big deal? Why, why is this, was this sin so bad or so important? Well, there are kind of three reasons why this sin separates us from like a relationship with God. And the first is it breaks God's commands. If you look and you notice chapter two, God said, um, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if you eat of it in that day, you'll surely die. Was God like confusing in the way that he said that? It was like very clear, right? He's like, eat it, you die. So don't eat the fruit, don't eat the fruit. And Adam and Eve went like against God's command. In verse 10 of chapter three, God says, Adam, have you eaten of the tree that I've commanded you not to eat? Why is, it a, why, why is sin such a terrible thing, breaking God's commands? One year, one season, never again, I coached as a teenager, U10Y soccer. I was going on a mission trip. I needed Christian service hours. And I coached a bunch of snot-nosed nine and 10-year-olds. And uh, maybe I just had a bad group. But I would literally tell them what to do. I mean, I know a lot about soccer. I told them what to do, and they would purposely do the exact opposite. And I, I got a little upset. I called them a bunch of turd muffins. Um, <laughs> and then they really went against me. Anybody ever had to coach buddy basketball or buddy soccer, and you have people, or you, it's a bunch of kids don't listen to what you do? You're ready to pick up a tree and knock them out, right? Because you specifically told them to do something. They willfully disobeyed you. And Adam and Eve, they willfully disobeyed God. They broke God's law. When you break one of your parents' rules, it doesn't change them being your parent, but are you maybe out of fellowship with them? <laughs> the relationship's a little strained when you come in at midnight when you're supposed to be home at 11? Probably so. Guys, guys, we're up here, up here. It breaks God's law, but not only does it break God's law, it attacks God's character. If you keep reading and you keep looking, in verse five, Satan is trying to tempt Eve, and he says, Eve, if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. You'll know good from evil. And then it says that Eve in verse uh, six, she saw the tree was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes, desire to make one wise. She's starting to rationalize her decision. She's starting to think, you know, I wonder if God doesn't know everything about this tree. And then she's thinking, maybe God doesn't really want what's best for me. And then maybe she's thinking, maybe God is actively working against what's best for me. I think I'm gonna eat this fruit. We do the same thing. You, 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 you hear a lot you, about God's plan for your relationship with your parents. You hear a lot about God's plan for sex. And then we think, well, maybe God doesn't have, maybe God doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, this is, you, the Bible was written a couple thousand years ago. Things have changed a little bit since then. Things have changed a little bit since then. And maybe, maybe God just doesn't want me to have fun. And then maybe God's actively working against me enjoying myself in this area. It attacks God's character. And then finally, it misses God's mark. Anybody here like to hunt? Where are my hunters at? Yeah. Um, what, what we do before a gun season is my father-in-law, we take our, our, our rifles out to the back of his house and we sight our guns in. If you've ever sighted a gun in, you put a target, you know, 50, 75, 100 yards away. You put your, your gun on a pillow or on a rack and you, you sight it in and you shoot it and you try to get what's called a grouping. That means a bunch of bullet holes that are pretty close together. And when we're pretty happy with how our guns are sighted in, we usually say something to the effect of, that's close enough to put a deer down, is what we say. Anybody ever shoot bow and arrow? Archery people? Yeah, okay. So 
Have you ever, you know what it means to do a Robin Hood? It's when you hit the dead center bullseye with an arrow. You pick up another arrow and you hit dead center bullseye again so perfectly that you split the first arrow. It's called Robin Hood. God is perfect. So God's standard of perfection means that you're robbing every decision you make in life is you're Robin Hooding every decision. You're doing it exactly right, the right motives, according to God's law, preserving his character every single time. And that word that we have for sin that's throughout the Bible, it's the word hamatera, which means to miss the mark. It's an archery term they used in the Greek Olympics. When we sin, it means we miss the mark of God's perfection. And if everybody has to Robin Hood every decision, how many people hit the mark of God's perfection? Nobody. That's why Romans 23 says, all have sinned, all have missed the mark. So what's the big deal about the fruit? Because when Adam and Eve ate the fruit that God told them not to eat, it broke God's law, it attacked his character, and it missed his mark of perfection. And because of that, because of, oh, my thing went to sleep here. Because of that, there was this, like we talked about in the song that we sang, there was this chasm separating God and man. It says he drove them out of the garden. So now this relationship with God, which was every day Adam and Eve would walk and talk with God. Now this relationship between Adam and Eve and God had separated. How close are you to God tonight? Remember the question I asked? If the answer, your answer to that question is not very good, the culprit is probably S-I-N. It's probably sin. So not only do our sins separate us from fellowship with God, they separate us from the blessings of God. When Adam and Eve, they sinned, they did wrong. I promise this is going to get better, okay? I'm not going to leave you hanging. And they did wrong. Some things happened. Some things happened. And What we see is there are two ways that our sins separate us from the blessings of God. The first is that people, now that we have sin, people are going through hell. They're going through a cursed world. And we don't have time to go through all the curses, but but you can read through all of them. They start in verse 10, um, that shame replaced innocence, blame replaced unity. People aren't trying to blame other people for what's going on in our country right now, are they? Blame replaced unity. Remember Adam and Eve and the serpent, they were blaming each other. Spiritual warfare replaced peace with God. It says Satan would be opposing humans. Pain replaced pleasure. Drama, oh, drama, drama, replaced intimacy. Now you got Adam and Eve fighting. They were handcrafted for each other. What happened? What went wrong? Sin. Lack replaced plenty. Adam and Eve never had to worry about food until they got driven out of the garden because of sin. And now we live in a world where this picture that I took, this is a picture, and you can't really see everything that's going on. This is a picture of people lined up waiting 30 minutes for food distribution in West Virginia. There are people that don't have enough food, even in West Virginia. We're, we're still living under that curse. Work replaced purpose. And even people who are believers in Jesus, we suffer under those curses, especially when we're out of fellowship with God. So because of sin, people are going through hell. People are in terrible situations. And we look at the news, we look at the world, we look at history, and we realize that we are under the curse of sin. But not only are people going through hell, This is where it it gets very difficult. Because of sin, people are going to hell. 
I brought this. April buys me like knives like all the time. I have a, uh, my nightstand is just full of knives and this is one of my favorites. I just got this one. It's a, it's a, it's a double, I kept it on me because I didn't, <laughs> didn't want it laying around. It's, it's, it's got two sides here. And has anybody ever heard about how people in Alaska, Eskimos, kill wolves that are a nuisance? They take a knife like this. They kill a baby seal and drain its blood. That's pretty crazy, as it? Yeah. But they, it's so cold in Alaska that they take the knife, they dip it in the seal's blood and get a little coating on it and it freezes around the knife. And then they put it in again and get another coating and it freezes around the knife. Before they, eventually they have a blood sickle instead of a popsicle. Then they take the knife and they stick it down in the ground and let it overnight. And what happens is the wolf will smell that blood and it will start licking the blood off that knife that is frozen of that knife. And their tongue gets numb as it's licking. And the, the, of course, the tongue melts the blood off the knife, but they keep licking and they keep licking because they're slicing their own tongue. They're bleeding out on the knife and they're licking up their own blood thinking it's a, the baby seals blood and they're enjoying it so much. They're so hardwired to be activated by the taste and the smell of blood. They don't stop licking until they bleed out and die. And that is a picture of what sin does to us. Some of you are like, wow, I'm going to have to go Google that. Yeah. Um, that is a, it is a picture of what sin does to us. We're enticed by it, according to the Bible. We're all predisposed to sin. We, you know, we all have a sin nature. You don't have to teach a little kid how to sin, especially on a soccer team, U10, Y League. And, and, and we're drawn to sin, and we get consumed by the pleasure of sin. And before we know it, we're killing ourselves. We're dying. It's our own blood we're consuming. No, this is a Smith and Wesson. So, Adam and Eve, because of sin, they suffered, they suffered death in these ways. There was an immediate spiritual death. Ephesians 2 says we are dead in our sins. That means we're separated from God. There was, a, there, there was an immediate physical death. There would be an eventual physical death. You can read in Genesis 5, 5, Adam died. He died because he sinned. And the Bible says to us, it's appointed unto humans once to die. Everybody dies. A couple years ago, you remember I brought the casket? I brought a casket up here and I put it right in front of the, yeah, I brought a casket to youth group. Everyone dies. And some of you, you know it all too well. You've experienced death in your family. I don't want to talk about it too much. Sin causes a future physical death. Sin also causes an impending eternal death. Revelation chapter 21 talks about what happens at the end of all time. It says that everyone stands before God and books are open and there's a book called the book of life. It says in Revelation chapter 21 verse 15 that anyone whose name is not found in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. Jesus sets a place that's eternal with weeping and gnashing of teeth where there's no relenting. It's a real place. So, People are going through hell, but this, what's even more sad is that people, all who have sinned, that's all of us, are going to hell one day. So I gotta, take, I gotta pause and ask some of us, do we care, 
You know, we, we label people as Democrats and Republicans, as, 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 as Huntington people, Barbersville people, redneck salt rock people. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just joking, you salt rock people. Uh, yeah, um, we, we label people, you know, they go to Huntington High, they go to Midland, they go to private school, they go to homeschool. Like, we, we, we see people, do we see people as people who are going through hell? And going to hell, I think if we did, it would change some of the priorities in our life. But here's the good news. Our sin isn't the end of the story. We're, we, I'm gonna have to do this quick because I wanna get us to our end time here. But in Genesis 3, there are two pictures of Jesus in Genesis 3. The first is in Genesis 3.15. It says Jesus being the seed, the offspring. God says, I'll put, talking to Satan, I'll put enmity, I'll make you enemies between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God predicted that a human would come and kill Satan. And Jesus was that human, God in a body, God in the flesh, who came and killed Satan when he died for our sins on the cross. Satan's days are numbered. We see that picture of God. Then when we go to um, verse, tw- uh, verse number 21, we see Jesus as the sacrifice. It says the Lord made for Adam and Eve garments of skins and clothed them. Adam and Eve were naked before God. The fig leaves were falling off in really conspicuous places. God, yeah, th- th- they were not holy before God. They couldn't stand before God because of their nakedness. So what did God do? God took animal skins. Animals had to die to make Adam and Eve to where they could be acceptable in fellowship with God. Blood had to be shed. And when we look at this, we're reminded that for us to be totally acceptable to God, somebody had to die and that somebody was Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter four says this, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, but we've been sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. So that's the good news is that our sins separate us from God, but Jesus made a way for us to be restored. So after all that, (laughs) that's the good news. And we're gonna get more into the good news next week. How do we do this? What do we do with the sin in our life? I kind of called this the ABCs of defeating sin. And I'm gonna give us a little bit of it. We're we're finishing perfectly in the time I was hoping. We're gonna have a little bit of a prayer time tonight. And I asked Jeff if he'd kind of give us some music for this prayer time. But if we wanna defeat sin, the first thing that we need to do is advance the gospel. We need to care about the hell that people are going through and the hell that people are headed to. So the first thing, I asked you to download that Life in Six Words app. Don't, you don't have to get it out now, but in that app is what's called a cause circle. It's people you're praying for that need to come to know Jesus. What I'm asking you to do tonight and to pray about tonight is what three people you wanna add to that cause circle. What's cool about that app is it prompts you to pray for those people. You can set prayer reminders to pray for those people at different times. And right now I'm just asking you to f- think about three people and to commit to praying for them in that app. Um, the next thing is we have the opportunity to advance the gospel this way. We're gonna be filming the video for our clothing pantry next Wednesday. Some of you have already signed up. I'm gonna reach out to you. If you still wanna be part of that video, that gospel presentation video, you don't have to come up with the words. We're gonna have a teleprompter for you to read to share the gospel with the teens that are gonna check out clothing from our pantry. See me afterward. We're gonna be having a party, a, p- a packing party on January 27th or January 29th. It's a Friday. Uh, you, t- the, the high school's gonna be doing the, the clothing pantry. The middle school's gonna be doing the, uh, the, the backpacks and we're gonna get the, we're gonna open up doors for the gospel to spread. And then I'm gonna be telling you a little bit more about, hold on, February 3rd. We're gonna have a night where we're asking you to invite people to come and we're gonna give a gospel message. So we've got to advance the gospel. If people are really dying and going to hell, we gotta get serious about this. The next is believe in Jesus. Jesus. You know, for maybe for some of you, it's the first time it clicked. You're like, wow, 
My sin separates me from God. And, and you're understanding how Jesus made that way for you to be reconnected to God. And there's never been a time where you've trusted Jesus and you've believed in him. I'm asking you to do that tonight. And then the final thing is for those of us that, that, that are Christians, that are believers, and we, we've trusted in Jesus, but there's this, there's this separation between us and God. You don't feel as close to God in 2021 as you did at the beginning of 2020. God makes us this promise in John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just and he'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So uh, Jeff's gonna play. I'm gonna give us, instead of putting someone in the middle tonight, I'm just gonna give you time to pray for yourself. And here's what I wanna ask you to pray. And one of these three things. I want you to pray for people who you're gonna put in your cause circle. I want you to, maybe if the, those of you who are Christians, and you can go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. And those of you who are Christians, if you've kind of been straying from God and you wanna rededicate your life to God, you wanna con confess that sin to God and start with a clean slate, I wanna give you like just a minute to do that tonight. And finally, if this is the first time it's clicked for you, that you need to trust Jesus to be saved during this prayer time. Talk to Jesus, tell him you trust him. Ask him to save you. So I'm just going to give you a minute to pray, to do what you need to do with God. And then we're going to leave. I'll close this. to get back to school. We're excited for sports to start back up. Uh, God, I pray that the gospel telling people who don't know about Jesus, about Jesus will be the most important thing and it will drive everything else that we do. Um, I pray that you'll eat, you'll put on each of our hearts three people who either don't know Jesus or have wandered really far away from Jesus that we'll commit to praying and that we'll load into that app. God, I pray next week as we film the gospel presentation video give us the right words to say and the right way to say it and that it'll glorify you and it'll connect with the teens that watch that video when they're checking out their clothing. I pray on that Friday the 29th when we pack backpacks and we scan clothing and finish up these two projects. God, that the, through the food and through the clothing, it'll open up doors for teenagers who don't know Jesus, who are going through hell and going to hell, to come to know Jesus as their Savior. God, I pray for people here this evening that just feel so far away from God, that are Christians, but they can't tell the last time God's spoken to them, can't tell the last time God's moved in their lives. God, I pray that tonight will be a night of rededication of their lives to you. God, I pray for someone tonight they've never put their trust in you. They've come to church, and they've done this, and they've done that, they've done Christian things, but they've never believed in you. There's never been a moment where they believed in you. God, I pray that tonight they will know for sure um, that there's
saved, that if they have questions, they'll seek someone out, one of the leaders, and talk to us tonight. Oh God, thank you that even though we sinned, you didn't let us stay separated from you. You came after us and you sent Jesus to us. I pray that as we leave, we will be eternally grateful for the grace that you've shown us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.